This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Good morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. We'll order out Chinese with Alison Aubrey. Hear about our friend Josh Seftel's latest filmmaking venture, and more. It's a Sunday morning for the 11th of December, 2022. And we'll be back in a moment. It happened this past week. The boy in the box finally got a name. He became the boy in the box when his badly bruised body was found stuffed in a cardboard box in a Philadelphia neighborhood back in 1957. To generations that followed, he was simply the mysterious victim of what would become one of the city's oldest unsolved homicides. As a result, says Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw, his cold case has haunted this community, the Philadelphia Police Department, our nation, and the world. On Thursday, 
persistent detective work and DNA tracing brought the mystery to an end. The boy in the box is Joseph Augustus Zarelli. His parents are now dead, but police say he does have living siblings. They're now hoping for a new round of leads in the unsolved case. The four-year-old was first buried in a pauper's grave. Later, his remains were moved inside the front gate at Ivy Hill Cemetery under a weeping cherry tree. The headstone simply reads, America's Unknown Child. Also this past week, we marked the passing of two members of our CBS family. Grant Wall, one of the best-known and respected soccer writers in America, collapsed suddenly Friday in the press box while covering the World Cup in Qatar. An analyst and contributor with CBS Sports, Wall began his career with Sports Illustrated, where he worked for two decades before starting his own website and podcast. The exact cause of death is not yet known. Grant Wall was 48. And we at Sunday Morning lost a valued friend and colleague, lighting director and designer Leonard Mancini, Jr., who, quite literally, turned the lights on here at Sunday Morning for decades, passed away on Friday. When he wasn't making us look our very best, Lenny was hard at work at 60 Minutes and the NFL Today at CBS Sports. He leaves behind his wife, Mindy, children, John, Liz, Amanda, and Derek, and five grandchildren. Lenny Mancini was just 64 years old. Every season tis the season for many of us to order out for Chinese food. But what do we know about what goes into this popular cuisine? NPR's Allison Aubrey wants to set a few things straight. Americans love Chinese food. At one point on election night in 2020, Google searches to find some outnumbered searches for who had won the presidency. But you'll still see these signs around. In restaurant windows, menus, on food packages. Have you ever wondered why? Back in 1968, the New England Journal of Medicine published a letter written by a doctor titled Chinese Restaurant Syndrome. The doctor described feeling sick after eating a meal at a Chinese restaurant. The physician exhibited some unusual symptoms leaving that restaurant, the headache, palpitations, nervousness, dizziness. Tom Sherman is a biochemist and nutrition expert at Georgetown University. He says that letter sparked decades of research and confusion over MSG, even an entry in the dictionary. But the upshot today? The evidence is complete. Data in multiple studies conducted multiple different ways with human subjects has never found any evidence for toxicity of MSG. And people get sucked into believing, you know, because I ate this, 
um, and this happened, it was what I ate. Uh, and that's frequently not the case. MSG is basically a concentrated form of glutamate. It has about one-third of the sodium found in table salt. It occurs naturally in many foods, from cheese and tomatoes to corn. I mean, I, I don't want to pretend like it's good to eat MSG, but it certainly isn't bad. Researchers say some people may be sensitive to MSG, but health authorities from the FDA to the World Health Organization have deemed MSG safe in the amounts it's found in food. MSG is used all over the globe. Americans eat, on average, about a half gram of MSG per day. It's found in everything from fast foods to snacks to canned soups. But the term Chinese restaurant syndrome has marinated long enough in the U.S. that it's left a sour note to Chinese-American chefs like Chris Chong. He runs the East Wind snack shop chain in Brooklyn, New York. I openly admit that I use it in my food, and I have no problems with it. Would you consider it an ingredient that adds flavor? That's exactly what it is. It's no different than salt and pepper, and uh, it just um, adds a, a depth of savoriness to food. Chung says the lingering stigma against MSG may have more to do with xenophobic views than with food science. I've worked in Japanese kitchens, I've worked in Thai kitchens, a lot of kitchens that weren't Chinese, and they all use MSG to some extent. But I've only heard in the Chinese environment the request for no MSG. They said, you know, don't put MSG in the food. You, I, I know you guys use it in China, but you live in America now. There's not... Italian restaurant syndrome, or Mexican restaurant syndrome. That's Tia Raines, senior director of public relations for Ajinomoto, one of the leading makers of MSG. First of all, MSG is delicious. The company led a successful campaign to have Merriam-Webster update the term Chinese restaurant syndrome as dated and offensive. I present. And another campaign took aim at the phrase, no MSG. For one thing, MSG was not discovered in Chinese restaurants. It was a Japanese chemist, Kikunai Ikeda, co-founder of Ajinomoto, who first extracted MSG from seaweed over 100 years ago. Today in the U.S., Ajinomoto extracts glutamate from corn, and the flavoring is produced at this factory in Iowa. For Tia Rains, MSG's reputation can still be tough to swallow. We are trying to bring these facts forward at this time so that people aren't afraid when they see monosodium glutamate on a food label or they're not afraid to have it in their kitchen and use it in their cooking. Here's your big finisher for the MSG. And let people taste for themselves is the takeaway for Chris Chung, too. That's it. One takeout at a time. If you... Give it a try. It's not really going to have those effects that everybody says it will. It's lovely. Thank you. Yum. You know, I'm just here to tell you, if you choose to believe me, what lies ahead of you is some really, really great meals. You know? <laughs> Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it.
Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We usually turn to filmmaker Josh Seftel for thoughts from his mom. This morning, though, Josh has news about his new documentary in conjunction with The New Yorker called Stranger at the Gate about how love can conquer fear and hate. A few weeks ago, there was a wedding in Muncie, Indiana. This is Mac, and he's getting married to Stephanie. You're beautiful. And this is Bibi, who's offered to cook all the food, while her husband, Saber, so officiates the wedding. We should have love for each other, to understand each other, to know each other. What you never know about this picture is that 10 years ago, Mac had plans to murder Bibi and Saber. Two decades ago, when Mac served in the military, he started having trouble coping with the death he saw around him. So he went to his superior to ask for help. Looked me straight in the eye. Says, Mac, you're on the range, you're shooting at a paper target. As long as you can look at them as anything but human, you won't have any problems. I said, oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. When Mac returned to the U.S., he no longer felt at home. I was being forced to see people that I considered an enemy every time I went out the door. Got to the point to where I just wanted to do harm to them. And that's when he hatched a plan. My plan was to detonate an IED right outside the Muncie Islamic Center. And I was hoping for at least 200 or more dead, injured. But when Mac arrived at the mosque to scope things out, Bibi and Saber met him with kindness. And he's like a guest. So I couldn't help it except to make him feel from my heart that, that he is welcome. He hugged my leg. This guy doesn't know me. Hugged my leg. I invited him over for dinner. That was pretty heavy. They don't even know the truth. Confronted with this kind of compassion, not only did Mac not end up bombing the mosque, he eventually joined the mosque. I could never in a million years repay this community what they've given me. I do see Richard as my little brother. He didn't know anything better. You showed me the right way. You showed me what true humanity is about. After 9-11, when I saw my Muslim friends facing hate, it felt disturbingly familiar. As a boy growing up in upstate New York, I faced anti-Semitism, name-calling, 
and even a rock thrown through our living room window. That's why I started making this series of short documentaries that stand up to the hate. The story of Mac, Bibi, and Saber and their unlikely friendship is the latest film in this effort. If this story can have a happy ending, and these people can be friends. God bless you, congratulations, and Mubarak. Thank you. Maybe there's hope for the rest of us. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.